Hiya, Buck. It's pretty good. When there's a dated reference that three people get, and anybody under the age of 45 are like, what just happened? Lights out and time for episode number 59 of the Promo Front Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. With me as always, the Sergeant of Surcharges, the Colonel of Kool-Aid himself, the one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the Kashokton are you? Ah, I'm doing well, doing well. Just trying to, you know, today's one of those days where um, this is, I, we're going to call this a meeting, right? So this would lands on my calendar as a meeting. This will be my ninth or 10th of the day. So it's been a pretty hectic day, but it's always good when I get to finish with my buddy Bill. So I'm doing well. How about you? Well, I appreciate that very much. I, <laughs> I, I've not had nine meetings today and I hope you don't stack rank your meetings at the end of this podcast. because <laughs> I have a feeling I know where it's going to land. Uh, I'm doing well, kind of settling into life with a, a nest that is no longer full. Yep. And uh, it just gets me excited for what's on the horizon. But, you know, that's not the only thing that, that gets me excited these days, Kirby. I, I don't know if you want to take a guess. Do you want to guess what else gets me excited? Actually, I'm, I'm very uncomfortable taking a guess what gets you excited. So please tell me. I don't blame you <laughs> at all. Well, what gets me really excited is that AMP email service from our good pals over at Promo Pulse. We've talked about how critical it is to make sure you have email marketing as part of your mix as a distributor. And these are retail looking and user-friendly emails you send to your customers using content from suppliers that you get to choose. It's three easy steps, just one, two, three. Number one, choose your suppliers. Number two, upload your list and your logo. Number three, choose your sending frequency. That's it. Do something else. Pick up a bottle of Crown Royal Apple, which is sitting on the back of Kirby's desk. I have no idea why. We actually need to explore that. <laughs> but do whatever you want to do because it's just that simple, people. That's right. Kirby, this thing is no longer in beta. You were a beta tester. Mm -hmm. It's been very helpful for you yeah. making those important digital connections with your clients, haven't it? It really has. And, we, you know, this, we just, I think it was last week, we actually sent one out. And of course you get your standard um, sniff test, you know, Hey, that's kind of interesting. What's going on with that? What are the colors this go? But, you know, I mean, the best are when you get the email that says, Hey, I'm really interested in this. Um, can you get me more information? And it leads to business. And I think that's the ultimate um, kind of reward for investing in anything like that. And so it's been great for us. Um, we do recommend it. And like I said, we are a paying customer. So you take it. Awesome. That's what I always say. That's the highest compliment I can give you is if I'm paying if, you. <laughs> if Kirby's forking over cash, you know, he believes in it. We all do over here. Remember, it's no longer in private beta. So if you're an interested distributor, and really you should be, because it's a very cost-effective way to really automate a lot of your digital marketing, head over to www. I know I don't have to say it, but old habits die hard. Promopulse.io slash amp, A-M-P. You're not going to be sorry you did. Now, Kirby, before we start with the podcast, why is there a bottle of Crown Royal Apple whiskey, Canadian whiskey, sitting on your desk over your left shoulder? So we did, I don't know if you've seen it, but we've started doing a Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. I it's actually been that. several months now. We do it every week. Mm -hmm. um, and so Thirsty, we recorded one today. 
And so that was last week was the, the drink that we were surprised with. And so we had it sitting on the table and I'm like, well, I might as well put that where I can reach it. And so I literally just brought it up and set it right there. So that's, well, I keep it, it whenever I'm podcasting with you, I keep an entire bar to my left. Can't see it out of sight, but uh, people I don't, don't really you. care about people don't really care about our drinking habits. Kirby, why don't we, why don't we muster up the courage to go ahead and broadcast it? Let's say a Canadian apple whiskey level today. Yeah. You have the promo up front section of this podcast. Why don't you hit us with your best shot? Just like Pat Benatar. Okay. I'll do my best. By the way, that is really delightful. Um, and I'm not a big whiskey guy. So, um, okay. Um, I'm going to go with PPAI announced. I got an email today announced their slate, um, of potential upcoming officers. Obviously we've talked about this on the podcast before, but just really quickly used to be a big election. Now, uh, essentially the board and a whole committee vets the people that they are, um, going to present as the slate. And so there's one supplier, one um, distributor. This year, they just announced Chris Anderson from HPG and mm-hmm. Denise Tashero from Fairway mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. two um, folks who will be, you know, is the new board slate. And so, um, you know, I, I know Denise a little bit. I think you, mm-hmm. I know you do as well. I don't know mm-hmm. Chris as well. Um, I, mm-hmm. I know of him, if that makes sense. But when yep. I saw it, um, my initial take was that I, it, Again, because I know Denise, that was where I first went. I was like, oh, wow, that is a, that's a great choice. I don't want to spend a ton of time, but I thought it was an interesting thing and it's pretty timely. So um, I think that's a great choice. And I think these are such important positions that move, um, move our industry forward and having those perspectives uh, on the board. Dale uh, Denham as the new uh, president, CEO, um, head guy in charge, whatever. Um, these are the folks who he answers to. And so I think that's really important. And I think those are two good choices. Uh, couldn't agree more. I, I did not know this. I, I uh, did probably sitting in my emails today. haven't right. seen that. My initial thought is brilliant stroke of brilliance. I don't know if that's a phrase, but it's a brilliant <laughs> stroke of brilliance and getting Denise Tashro involved in anything. Yeah. Um, she is incredibly bright and incredibly insightful and quite candidly, one of the best listeners I've ever met in this industry or out of the industry. So mm-hmm. having someone like Denise Tashro, who runs a, a certified B Corporation Fairware as part of the board is such a beautiful ad- addition to the board. I, I don't mm-hmm. think you could ask for a better addition. Like I said, Chris coming from HPG, I'm sure he's very qualified, so no issues there. This is my one time a year I get to say this. I always believe there should be a service provider on the board. Yeah. Um, I ring that bell, not because I want to be on the board. In all transparency, there was time I kind of wanted to be on the PPAI board. That time has come and gone. Um, that's why I feel very comfortable ringing that bell every year that I think you're missing a very important part of the promotional products community by not having someone who is serves the entire industry that has interest for both suppliers and distributors on that board every year. But that's something that Dale and the board can maybe address over the next uh, couple of years. But don't tell me you would want a Catherine Graham or a David Schultz or a Tim Andrews or anybody like that on your board. So I'll leave it at that. Great slate. Great slate, though. Can't can't complain at all. 
Yeah, no, I, and, and there's the, one of the things that has been talked about a lot is about the idea of sustainability and, and all that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I think certainly Denise brings that to the table. So that's mine. No that's question. My, my and topic. just to really reiterate, if, if asked, I will not serve. So, I mean, I really am being altruistic yeah. about that. I just think there needs to be a service provider on that. Yeah. And, and for all what right, it's sir, worth, I agree with you. I have not talked to one person who disagrees with me, but yet it still remains a rule. Okie dokie. <laughs> All right, Kirby, I don't know if you saw this. FedEx, UPS, and UPS surcharges are coming to a holiday season near you. That's right. Thanks to our good pals at ASI. We got a little bit of a sneak peek on this. Have you looked at the rates, Kirby? I have. I've read a little bit. I haven't dug that deep, but I've read a little All bit right, about the surcharge. Real quickly. So FedEx, uh, beginning November 1st, they're going to have a peak surcharge of $1.50 a package for ground economy. That's going to, ex- and that's all they're ground packages um that's going to accelerate to three dollars between november 28th and december 12th and then back down to a dollar 50 on december 13th want to bet it never goes back down after that (laughs) um and then get this there's an additional handling surcharge of 5.95 a package beginning on october 4th through january 16th so six dollars for handling your package okay Mm. not the way you would like people to handle (laughs) your package kirby not like that (laughs) And then this is the one that really floored me, an oversized charge, okay? And a lot of boxes in our industry are oversized. Right. An oversized charge of $62.50 starting October 4th through January 16th. You know, we are really facing a crisis here. You and I have rung this bell, but it bears ringing again. Suppliers that used to pay $4,000 to ship a container of goods from uh, China, to the United States used to pay about $4,000 a container. They're paying in excess of $20,000 a container now. So if you don't think you're going to see price increases, if you don't think you're going to see that uh, added to your bill and your client's bill, you're nuts. Um, And so how, how as an industry can we get in front of this and really start telling our, our, uh, our clients, hey, it's time to get moving on this. Yeah, it's it's really tough, and not be, so. I think anybody listening to this uh, podcast will go, hey, that that sucks that it's going to increase. And by the way, I don't disagree with any of that, but I don't. I, I always struggle spending time on things I I can't control. But what I could control, and I think that's sort of what you're leading to, is is trying to communicate this with with clients, trying to let them know that mm-hmm. you know this is happening and this is coming. And I'll be honest, I, I'm struggling with it, not because yeah. I'm not communicating it, but because yeah. they're not listening. Uh, clients yeah. are not, like I have done, and you know me, emails, videos, mm-hmm. Facebook lives, podcasts, I've, I, yep. you know, blog posts, I've, any, you name what, how we could do it. And then we, we send it out, we send it out, we send it out. And then I get a call saying, hey, can I get t-shirts by Friday? Yeah. No, <laughs> absolutely People- not. People don't want to hear what they don't want to hear. And there's a great post by uh, Joel Schaefer, who I, I have a soft spot in my heart for Joel Schaefer. He's one of the first people I met in the industry 5,763 years ago. Just a tremendous resource, father of our friend, Brett Schaefer. And he had some really great bullet points in this thing. He's like, communicate now. And, and to me, honestly, if you're communicating now, if you're finally, you're already too late. You're trying. Yeah. If, you, if you're yeah. just starting to try now, you're too late. Sell now. And then I add, he added, um, if you can ship with your client's shipper number, do it. Let Hmm. them eat those extra charges, I think is a great point. And then 
here's one I thought of. If you can right now, if you can actually, and I know you're struggling to get the attention of your customers, but let's say you can, I would lock in inventory now. And the only way to do that, Kirby, you got to prepay. I know you're not getting this until December, but you've got to put at least 50% down and you as a distributor need to send that to the supplier to secure that inventory because we're about to hear an avalanche of people saying, our supplier X said they had stock and I went to order it and they didn't. And that supplier sucks. They're a bunch of liars. Yeah. No, they're not. Yeah. There's a limited amount of stock. They have a limited amount of, of time to get it out. And look, go to the grocery store. Yeah. There, there's, supply there's no chain bread issues. <laughs> yeah. There's supply chain issues everywhere. So the most important thing is to keep trying to communicate. And, and yeah. uh, if you're, like I said, if you're doing it now, you're already late to the party. Well, that's, it's funny as a part of my communications, I, I, when I am sending out um, email notifications, I've like, we've been talking about this since April. And I actually linked to a blog post in April that I wrote, like saying, Hey, this is coming. Here's what's going on. And again, it's not that they don't, I'm when I get face to face with a customer and I talk to them, they're like, Oh yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. And then they're like, okay. I have t-shirts on Friday. Yeah. That's right. And so until, and it's, again, it's, it's human nature until yeah. it affects you, you don't, Oh, it's not a big deal. And then you can't get right. To it. Everybody's like, boy, that's really a shame how the supply chain is affecting everybody else on the planet, but me. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Um, exactly. But no, it's one of those things. And I think we need to stop looking at it as boy, the supply chain is currently having issues. The supply chain is radically damaged right now and it's going to be for a long time and so this means longer lead times higher prices and sometimes you're going to get an unpleasant surprise that you thought you ordered something and you didn't yeah no it's it's a thing it's a thing all right kirby hit us hit us with another best shot okay um i'm gonna let's i thought this was interesting sort of i'll file this under are you willing to zig when everybody else zags so you and i got tagged in a post this week Mm -hmm. um our buddies at Brand Fuel are moving. They are after mm-hmm. I forget how many years they said that they'd been. I don't have the the blog post up in front of me, but for a long, long time they had been in one place. They are actually going to a bigger place downtown. I think mm-hmm. it's like eleven miles away from where they are. Eleven point two. So, so when everybody else is sort of saying, "Look, we're getting out of downtown and and sort of being in that sort of real estate business per se." They're saying, no, we want to, and we want to do it because it's going to be a cool place to go and work and a cool place to go grab a beer. And so I thought that this was really fascinating. And obviously, because I own real estate, it, it caught my attention. Um, and so I, I wanted to kind of get your take on this. I mean, we have said, you know, I think if you're in the commercial real estate business, especially in cities, it's a concerning time to be in that. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there's an interesting opportunity there for people like what Danny and, and Robert and that whole team is, is doing to say, hmm. again, uh, the whole old saying with Warren Buffett is like, if you want to be wealthy, um, buy uh, snow shovels in summertime, mm-hmm. this, it might be summertime, right? It might yeah. be an interesting time for you to rethink how you go to work, certainly, but then, and where you go to work. And so I thought this was interesting. I think it's a brilliant move for brain fuel. I don't think it's a blanket, brilliant move. Um, So I think it's very brand specific. Danny and Robert and the entire team over there, brain fuel, Jillian and Nikayla, and I could go on and on have, have been very purposeful about building 
a culture where people want to be part of it. I think you could say it's kind of almost like uh, Apple in the early 2000s. There's a vibe there. I've been to that office several times. I don't think you have. I haven't. But I've been to that office several times and there is just a vibe there and it's a carefully cultivated vibe and people do want to be there. It makes all the sense in the world, as Danny said, to double down and, and go to downtown Raleigh. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that Raleigh is one of the fastest growing cities in the United States, and they're in an extremely cool area with a beer garden next door and mm-hmm. a lot of things surrounding the new brand fuel offices. But for them, I think it's brilliant. And I think, again, everything is cyclical. So your, your snow, snow, snow shovel analogy, say that 15 times fast. <laughs> Your analogy, I think, is appropriate. I think for brands, like I, I think of other brands I could pull that off, the Icebox in Atlanta, you know, mm-hmm. they're a very cool brand. But I think like a, a brand like Halo would have a hard time pulling it off. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that they're not cool. It's just, it's a much larger organization and therefore less nimble. And it's a much more corporate structure, which doesn't lend itself to being hip, being cool, being irreverent, right? right? Again, not a criticism, just different organizations. So I think for what Danny and Robert really believe in, in terms of culture, I think it makes all the sense in the world. But I think before any other company did that, you really need to see, to, to look at what, you know, what your costs are, but right. also is this what your clients, and when I mean your clients, I mean your staff, is this what your clients are willing to do? And I have no doubt, and I've not talked to Danny about this. Me neither. Yeah. I have no doubt they had extensive conversations with people who work at Brand Fuel. Are you willing to do this? Because it might be harder to get actual downtown for some of those folks, as opposed to they're out two miles from the airport, which is right. kind of in a little bit of the suburbs. So I think it's great. Cool. Cool. All right, Kirby. I have a mashup for you. I got another mashup for you. Okay. Puma. And you know how much I love my Pumas. I wear them constantly when I'm, I'm traveling because they're the most comfortable shoe I could find my Puma suede's. Puma and Kool-Aid collaborate on branded <laughs> sneakers and apparel. Um, it's a combination of nostalgic refreshment and fashion forward hype. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's classic Kool-Aid colors and iconic branded uh, Puma branding, hoodies, tees, footwear. What I love, and I went on a rabbit hole here, Puma really gets it in ways I didn't realize. So I clicked on the link. I kind of wanted to see it was available. looks like they're all sold out of the the Kool-Aid stuff. But they have almost like a dozen partnerships. They have Puma and Bratz. You remember the Bratz dolls from the early 2000s, right? Yeah. Um, Puma and Haribo, uh, Hmm. the the gummy bear people. Gummy bears, yeah. Puma and Peanuts. Uh, the 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 Snoopy, the Charles mm-hmm. Schultz cartoon, and Puma, and I gotta get one of these Puma and White Castle. Order that up. <laughs> so, but, I mean, they have some re- just very interesting, and it's it's. We talked a minute ago about one of the things that makes Brand Fuel Brand Fuel is their reverence. You know, Puma had a heyday back in the seventies and early eighties, and then kind of just went away. Right. And they have come back over the last ten years with a vengeance, being very fashion forward, extraordinarily bright colors. And being irreverent, I think this is really brilliant. Is there any, is there any other company that gets this better than Puma? That's not fast food. That's not Whataburger. Okay. Yeah, that's I was gonna say. Yeah, I saw something about them. I, I I can't think of one off the top of my head. But what I would say is, I was fascinated by the the partnerships. Like as you yeah. read those, I, what was interesting to me is how um, 
Those they're are all over the place. Well, they're all over the place, but you got, you know, cartoons, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, older cartoons. So I don't know if mm-hmm. it's like people trying to recapture their youth. I, I think they're tapping into nostalgia. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. I don't, again, I would struggle to wear footwear that represented gummy bears, but maybe I'm not there. I'm not there. Um, you target wouldn't want to wear footwear that smelled like a, a freshly grilled White Castle burger? Absolutely not. That, that, I, I'm, I wouldn't I'm, either. I'm a hard pass on anything White Castle. Um, what? But, oh, dude, gross. Okay. Um, okay. We're not going to have this discussion. <laughs> their fries are good. But uh, every time I'm in any situation where the, the idea is, hey, let's go through White Castle, it's mm-hmm. always bad. So that's okay. that's not White well, Castle. Usually, fault. That's, that, poor that's usually that's poor choices on my fault. That's going to fall into the category of nothing good happens after midnight because generally when you're wanting to make love to a sack of sliders from White Castle, you've been out topping, tipping a few of those uh, uh, whiskeys back there, that apple whiskey you got back there. Yeah. So a couple other ones, but here, here's some, I actually, so I got, I went down a rabbit hole. So KFC just released a collection of branded tech. Okay. Okay. Ikea just included a Swedish meatball scented candle in their store in a box promo. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And cheese it just launched an entire e-commerce website with, and it has a, it has a cheese it onesie Kirby. (laughs) (laughs) So so when you're thinking about me for Christmas (laughs) and and better order now because there's supply chain issues and I want that, I want that onesie. Okay. Um, But just really interesting. I think so. I think the message again is the distributors, find find weird collaborations this doesn't have always have to be at these grand corporate scales they can be done locally too i love it do you have another topic you want to go or you want to go to the game uh i'll make the let's just make this one a quick one and then we can go to go the ahead. game so I, again we've been talking about the supply chain issues and i i do think it, it is incredibly important but i think in any situation like this we can also make it so that it becomes woe is me and the sky is falling mm-hmm. and 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 sure dude there's some legit things so i don't i'm not minimizing that but there have there was some good news reported um like this past week mm-hmm. uh promo distributors sales rise 27.3 percent in quarter two now um it, the gain marks the first o- uh, year over year quarterly increase since 2019 um obviously it makes sense uh, sure. because quarter two of 2020 was the middle of the disaster, right? Uh, From an economy perspective, but it's still good news. Um, And Mm -hmm. 27.3% is a big number um, that it, it, so, you know, that was, I guess it was a really cool, positive note. I just wanted to share and see if you had any thoughts. Real quick thought. I think it's great. Not, not everything you said is predictable, right? Right. The biggest, big, oh, first increase since 2019. Absolutely. No shock there. Um, the number 20, 27%, again, no shock there. I think what's going to be real interesting is Q3 2020 to Q3 2021. Yep. Because by Q3, a lot of distributors had figured out I can sustain my business with PPE. And so I don't think you're going to see as big of a jump. Sure. And you may not see as much of a jump at all because, again, now in Q3, things are a little murkier than they were a month ago with the well, Delta I- variant. So. I think yeah, it'd be I, interesting. And, and there's think, a lot of companies hoarding cash. Right. Agreed. I, I, and I feel the only thing I would say is I, Q3, at least for us, though we certainly had PPE, and you know that we've talked about yeah. it extensively, 
It wasn't it though. Like, because no. in Q3, no, people were thinking it was opening back up. And so people were buying again and they hadn't spent any money uh, for a right. big chunk of the year. And so, yeah, I think that will be interesting to compare. That, that will be super interesting. All right, Kirby, let's play a back, a back, a party in the back game. It mm-hmm. is back to school time, Kirby. And I want to tap into your student brain. Okay. We're going to go retro style here. And remember when you used to go shopping with your mom and your dad and you had to get some school supplies. And then sometimes even when you had daughters, you had to go shopping for school supplies for them. So this is kind of a rapid fire, either or. You can explain your answer if you'd like. There are no wrong answers. I don't even know what half these things are, actually. (laughs) No, I actually do. All right, Kirby. Scratch and sniff stickers or puffy stickers? Oh, I'm going scratch and sniff stickers all day. Okay, triangular rubber pencil grip or cardboard pencil box? <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, I was trying to picture it. So yeah, I, that seems very 80s. I'm going to go with the triangular pencil grip. Okay. Mead trapper keeper or mead spiral notebook? Oh, trapper keeper all day. It's so funny. That was one of those pieces that I, I, really, I really loved for about a week. Like it's, it felt like it got me all organized and then life got in the way just as it always well, you, does. If you were like everybody else, you kept playing with that Velcro closure to the point where the soft <laughs> part got so stringy, it didn't close anymore. It, it did not trap nor keep. Yeah. All right. A Ticonderoga number two pencil or push pencils. You remember those little precursors to mechanical pencils where the, you pull out one piece of lead, put it in the top and push the next one down. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go number two pencil on that one. All right, metal compass or metal safety scissors? Um, I didn't really like either one of those, to be honest, but mm. I'll go safety scissors because yeah, I, I like know, compass. I, I, compass was one of those things I just didn't use. Yeah, but it had a stabby end. And I like <laughs> it did. That's end. true. It's definitely more of a weapon. White out or liquid paper? Uh, white out. All right, multicolor retractable big pen. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The four color big pen. Yes. Or sport team pencils, if you remember sport mm. team pencils. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, the four color big pen was like, it was like a Bigfoot. Like mm-hmm. one person would have it, you couldn't find it. And so like, I always aspired to have those. I rarely had them. I, to this day, I get excited about those. <laughs> so I'm in on yeah. that. There was something super magical about that pen it was a little fatter but you can put four things of ink in there and they're different colors there's red okay there's blue black but green yeah kidding me yeah i'm on that one a digital calculator watch like a casio or cliff's notes oh what 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 year in school am i um the question uh, stands yeah i'll I'll go with cliff's notes i i actually generally you know i like to read so i wasn't too big into that but i that that seemed like a good idea but i never could work the watch sure okay you know what i let's i'm i'm done with these ones let's get to the real meat of these metal lunch boxes you are old enough to remember metal lunch boxes maybe plastic yeah Pick the right lunchbox, Kirby. All right. Hee-haw or welcome back, Cotter? <laughs> welcome back, Cotter, for sure. Um, Battlestar Galactica or Star Wars? Star Wars, all day. Okay. Little House on the Prairie or Six Million Dollar Man? Six Million Dollar Man, for sure. Buck Rogers in the 25th century <laughs> or Super Friends? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Super Friends. I, Buck, I love Buck Rogers, but I, I probably for the for the lunchbox, I would have went Super Friends. 
Okay. All right. Big fan of Tweaky the Robot, were you? I did. Beady, 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 book. It's pretty good. Well, there's a dated reference that three people get and anybody under the age of 45 are like, what just happened? All right. Last one, Kirby. <laughs> this is the big one. The two okay. big lunchbox stars of all time. Evil Knievel. Okay. Or Arthur Fonzarelli, the Fonz. Oh, I, I'd probably go Evil Knievel. I like I, I, I liked Fonzie, but yeah, he got he, he got really corporate at the end. <laughs> well, you know who's never going to get corporate on you, Kirby? That's our good pal Jason Oaks over at Promo Pulse. He's going to pivot. He's not going to get all stuffy, and he's going to keep rolling things out like his AMP email service designed just for distributors to help them stay in touch with their clients. Three steps, three steps only. Can't do four, can't do two, got to do all three. Choose your suppliers, upload your list and logo, and choose your sending frequency. That's it. Elegant retail-inspired emails with content you choose. That's right, folks, you. So they're no longer in private beta. Kirby's a client. There's probably, I think there's 7,500 clients. So maybe not, there's not that many, but this is the time to really do that. We're yeah. getting into the fall selling season. This is the time to remain in front of your customers. So when they do need something, they think of you first. So if you're an interested distributor, head over to promopulse.io slash amp. That's A-M-P. And you won't be sorry you did. Now Kirby's reaching for that apple whiskey a little aggressively. So <laughs> now's the time to end the podcast, folks. <laughs> That's right!